Hello, cherished listeners. I just wanted to pop in at the beginning here because we're hoping that we can do a Q&A in our Series 2 review. Last season, it was just me and Bishan. This one, we will actually have Casey available for the recording and we would love if we had some questions from you. So send those questions, be they about Downton Abbey or about us, your hosts, to bronzepickmedia at gmail.com so that I can keep track of them. Now on with the show. So, Bishan, what do you remember from the last episode? Well, it was we're still a hospital. Yes. In the thing. Um, and although the war's nearing an end, mm-hmm. we're think like we're thinking roughly around the time. Like, it's still not ended yet, but we're yes. getting there. William dies. That's the big thing. Yes, that was and, a big one. And, um, and they <laughs> get married. <laughs> and uh, um Poor Matthew as well. <laughs> yes. Um, that's about all I remember, really. Yeah. It's been a while. I mean, that's was that was the big thing. <laughs> that's what that, that's the crux of that episode. It's yeah, all around him coming home. Oh, because don't no, because Matthew no, because Matthew comes home. Is this where he's lost his legs? No, that's one before. Um, no, that was this. This one. That was cool. this episode, yeah. Yeah, then it's that. Well, he hasn't that. lost his legs. He's just lost the use of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's lost the use of them. Um, and he's like, no, I can't have you as my wife because I can't give you children, etc. And he's just all mopey for most of it. Yeah. I can't walk or fuck the, the Matthew Crawley story. And why am I even alive? <laughs> I, I want to say that this, the opinion of this podcast is not that people who cannot walk or fuck have not, nothing to live for. It's just that he's in a bad place right now. And it's also 1916. Yeah. What else has he got to do? Hmm. Yeah. There's no internet. <laughs> there's no internet yet. So, like, there's nothing left but to walk and fuck. Yes. Sometimes at the same time. <laughs> That's a bit risque. I don't know that fucking yeah. in a park was uh, common. They have their own grounds. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> They'll take a nice picnic blanket. All right. Okay. I think, I think it's time to start the episode. Okay. <laughs> Stroll and roll. Fuck me. <laughs> That's what he said over and over again. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Let's get started before I just, I don't know. Downton Down Under, I'm Fee. Bishan. And Casey. And we have, for the first time ever, all separately watched Season 2, Episode 6. And it was an ordeal, not only because <laughs> it was a lot. the it content was a lot. of this episode, but also because I was being the lawful abiding citizen and I borrowed 
mum's DVDs uh-huh. and I put it in every single thing that would take a disc in the house and it wouldn't play it, so I found an illegal mirror of it and watched it there. <laughs> every, you did everything I put it you in could, could. five separate things that take DVDs and it would not play it in yeah. any of them. You did everything that you could to watch it legally uh, short of giving Jeff Bezos his money, which is fair not to do so. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you could always. I, I, I am giving money to Jeff Bezos, which like pains me to no end. But I don't have the DVDs, so I have to watch it, and my downloads are shit. So I have to pay money for those sorts of things. But you could have borrowed my my uh, login in future if you. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Next time, that might be the way to go. Or would I rather give money to a pirate website than Jeff Bezos? Probably yes. Uh, this is the anti-Jeff Bezos podcast. With me, Jen. This week's episode, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. Not in a stroll and roll kind of way. <laughs> stroll and roll might be the episode name. <laughs> All right, shall we begin? Yes, please. (laughs) Mary comments that she'll have arms like Jack Johnson if she keeps pushing Matthew's wheelchair. I looked it up. (laughs) I looked it up, and apparently Jack Johnson was a boxer. Oh, okay, not the whimsical Hawaiian singer. No. Um. But, yes, uh, Matthew can't stop thinking about William, though, and they have a bit of a... He's proper, like, teenage emo um, Matthew this episode. Oh, he is the most depressed. (laughs) (laughs) He is the most emo. Mm. So Richard asks Robert if he should be jealous of Matthew, and Robert abruptly changes the subject. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, the other caveat... And the other caveat is I did watch this at one and a half speed to get through it, so some of the gravitas may have been lost. Okay. <laughs> but I think I have the crux down. All right. <laughs> you, after, after your, um, God, this is an episode of Technical Difficulties, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, after, after your um, hunt for something that would play, play the movie, did you just run out of the time that you... <laughs> Had, had a lot for the task. Yeah, it was like, well, I've wasted so much time. I'm just going to put it at 1.5 because this is a dialogue-heavy show anyway, so <laughs> let's just rattle on through it. <laughs> um, so Richard explains his plans for nearby Haxby Park, clearly not caring that it's distressing for Robert and Edith to hear about their friends selling their ancestral home. <laughs> uh, big house. That's mine. Mm. Mine now, please. Carson Get announces... <laughs> Carson announces Dr. Clarkson, who asks if a Canadian soldier can be sent to Downton owing to a family connection. More Ooh. on this later. <laughs> Intriguing. The servants discuss Bates and Anna's upcoming wedding. They stop abruptly when a sullen daisy in a black armband delivers a pot of tea. Oh, she's still a bit sad. Who is the most emo in this episode, Matthew or Matthew, Daisy? Only because he gets more speaking lines. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but Daisy does look very solemn for, throughout the entire episode mm. and then has, like, like that massive, thing. like, moment, which we yes. will come to. But, yeah. 
I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Daisy, but Matthew is pretty partially, partially because Daisy literally is a teenage girl. Yeah, so yeah. It's a yeah. <laughs> okay, I will give it that. So Matthew. <laughs> no, I, I mean I mean that being a teenage girl is inherently more emo than literally anyone. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> I wouldn't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) The matriarchs, as I'm going to call them, um, that's Violet, uh, Cora and Isabel, discuss Matthew's recovery and the winding down of the war. Cora will be glad to have her house back. Isabel, clearly forgetting why she left before, asked to continue (laughs) to run the house in a similar capacity when the war is over. Yeah, to me, she's like, oh, by the way, you'll be keeping it open. And they're like, the fuck it will. This is our house. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, do you want to abolish private property? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just feel like she did not read the room when she made that comment. She was like, yeah, we'll just keep it open as a hospice. Um no, I really like my library back, thanks. Um, yeah. And I'd like my main hall to be my hall rather than a bedroom. Also, or we a- are we are all better friends when we are not colleagues. We learned this last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that she's back, though, must mean that, like, obviously France didn't pan out for her too, so... Either that or they just don't need people anymore. She came back um, because of Matthew. Yeah, so I think she's um, staying back during his recovery. Mm. Okay. That's fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just forgot about that for a minute. (laughs) Of course. Violet tries to rope Mosley into the conversation, but he dodges rather artfully, considering that it's Mosley. <laughs> yeah. He's not had a lot to do recently, but he's done very well to dodge that. He's like, I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose it. And he literally says that, and it's like, fair. That's fair. <laughs> Move on. Can't argue. Move on. <laughs> We see a severely burned hand reach out for a family photo and Edith comes in to see this man snooping around their stuff. <laughs> he quickly ensures that he shows that he knows her. He also has the worst bandages oh, yeah. I have ever seen. They need to be changed real bad as well. Oh, it's just the layout of them. There's a, top, mm. there's a head one and then they're like, let's join the chin one to the head one by going across his face. I suppose for the allure. <laughs> I assume that at one point his whole his whole head was bandaged up, like in a cartoon when someone gets plastic surgery. Oh yeah, <laughs> or like, like they up like a mummy. Yeah, they they un then they unwound it, and he held up a hand mirror and then smashed it while laughing maniacally. <laughs> so you're beautiful, Patrick. Once the swelling goes down. <laughs> Before they can really get into things, Sybil calls Edith away. But yeah, he's very much doing the more intrigued. Don't you recognize me? Sort of thing. Which gets quite old very quickly. Yeah. So it's like, don't you recognize? It's like, dude, you keep being so like, I'm just gonna 
say a thing and hope that you remember. It's like, just fucking say shit. Yeah. I, I have been listening to a lot of stuff about romance scams lately, and he is 100% pulling out all of the stuff. This is what I was thinking, like, the full time. He's like, it's going to be a thing. He's going to be, like, pinching the silverware, and that he's going to have a bag full of shit. Yeah, this is this is a guy on Tinder trying, trying to convince – lonely wealthy women like edith to yeah, yeah. part with all of their shit part with all their money mm. jane encourages daisy to file for her pension but she feels it would be dishonest mrs patmore's encouragement does not help <laughs> yeah. take the money daisy it's what he wanted for you mm. so richard asked carson to work for him as mary now as Mary. As Mary. <laughs> that would be an interesting episode. I'm picturing I'm picturing Mr. Carlton in that really nice black evening frock that she's got now. I'm oh, going down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the he black frock. They I think I always just think of the first episode where Mary's like, I hate black, and then, but then, like, they actually cast Michelle Dockery, who looks magnificent in black. <laughs> so they so just now, had to be like, we'll never discuss this again. She's just going to wear black dresses. Yeah, she had to wear them for the morning period, so, um, like, she grew into them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Richard asked Carson to work for him and Mary. Yay! Yay. <laughs> no, I can't cut the thing. <laughs> As a surprise to her. As we know, Carson hates surprises. (laughs) (laughs) He says that he will wait for Mary's instructions. This this becomes the game of I'm okay if you're okay. Yeah. And you're okay if I'm okay. (laughs) What do you want for dinner? I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, whatever you want. Yeah, what will you have? I'll eat whatever you get. (laughs) Uh, We... we come in on um, everyone heading to dinner and um, Violet's, we come in on Violet saying, I don't dislike him. I just don't like him. There's a difference. I did like that line. That was very nice. (laughs) Which I relate to. Yeah. It's not a hatred. It's just that I just don't like them yet. There's a hierarchy of distaste. Yes. Yes. Robert bitches about Sir Richard's planned improvements to Haxby Park. Cora thinks they will be nice. She's more concerned with getting her own house back in one piece. Anything, yeah, anything to anything to get her house back. It's like, get out. People, it will move on. I very much enjoyed doing having a thing to do with my day. Yeah, but everybody, get the fuck out. <laughs> this has been four years now. I am very tired. <laughs> well, this probably then, would have been like the first useful employment that she's had, apart from running a house for, like, mm. her entire life. So, like, having a job to do, running a roster, you know, like, organising so, yeah. stuff, all that sort of stuff. Like, it would be all, like, very draining on her, I feel. So we should so give her like, credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's not used to it. I'm just That's saying, true. like, once you first get into, like, full-time work and you're not in the swing of it, it's very tiring. That's true. They need to find a cause more worthy of Isabel's time. I like the scheming that happens here. This yeah. is quite fun. Cora's like, she's such a martyr, and Violet's just like, then we must t- find her a more enticing scaffold. <laughs> I want to start using that. <laughs> yeah. 
Mrs. Patmore suggests that Thomas's next move should be the black market for food, <laughs> considering that rationing is really, you know, tightening up at the moment. The other thing is that he looks a little bit like, I don't know what the dad's army law knowledge is around here. No. The spiv in dad's army okay. is very close to what um, he looks like, <laughs> except right. with a pencil moustache. Right, So okay. I'm like, well, that's where he went. He just went and joined Dad's army, for, <laughs> especially because this is World War One. so the timeline works out for him to join it in World War II. All right. And the whole joke is that being this biv, that's how he got out of um, service because oh. he, he worked at, he pulled all his strings so he wouldn't have to go. Okay, yeah. Meanwhile, Mrs. Hughes sneaks Ethel more food and Carson catches her. <laughs> this had to happen eventually. It like, did. As soon as she agreed to do it, it's like, well, I'll, I'll wait for the episode when you get caught. <laughs> Cora cancels plans with Robert again, and this is clearly becoming a bit of a pattern that's upsetting people, mm. <laughs> specifically Robert, <laughs> who's used to having a wife that's just, just wants around. A, he just wants a strolling role. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he wants, Kayla. It is. You know, someone to walk on his arm and someone to be in his bed at night. Mm. Mary and Sir Richard inspect Haxby Park. It's just a giant white room. Yeah, they're, they're in, like, the gallery, I think. And they're, okay. like, yeah. So, so there's... I saw it and I was like, this is just a big, this is just white everywhere. Mm. Could... All, all of the stuff is gone, so usually there'd be. Sure, um... but, like, there's not even any. Like wood or like paneling mm, anywhere. It's just marble. Yeah, yeah. Marble as far as the eye can see. <laughs> it's, um, I was looking at the balustrade as well, and it looked like it had like a family crest in it. So like, if they're gonna if they're gonna buy it, they're probably gonna need to like change that out too. <laughs> that would be awkward. It would be awkward if like they had the um. I think they were the Russells over, over, and it's like, yeah, that's your coat of arms, isn't it? <laughs> Chiseling it off. Yeah, I think they probably just pulled the entire balustrade out and, like, put a new one in. So Richard Carlyle's made of that kind of money. Yes, he is. He is. Um, but, yes, the, uh, the Russells moved out because their son died in the war and they just, that well, was their heir and they didn't. Yeah, the big house don't need it anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, so they probably they would have had a London house, and they probably just all moved in there. Mm. Mm. They so decide, sad. yeah, they decide that they're going to give a new chapter to the old house, though. <laughs> yeah, so they've we're moving in together. Hey, <laughs> yay! Carson and Mrs. Hughes tell Cora that Mrs. Hughes has been supplementing Ethel's food and Carson brings the patriarchy down around our ears. (laughs) That was really bad, actually, that whole scene. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't, uh, I know that she was our, um, she was our mate, like um, part of the stuff, but I don't appreciate her inability to say a two-letter word, no. And I'm like, dude, you can't be putting this back on her. Yeah. But, you know, it is 1916. No, no, it would have been, yeah, 1918 at the time. No, 1919, but, yeah, different time. But still, you still hear those sorts of arguments and it's just very disappointing. And, like, 
Ethel was all in and all of that. That's that's like it's not an issue of her. Like it, it, the, it, it could be worse what he's saying here. Mm. But yeah, it, like she she was a hundred percent on board, but she just didn't think about the ramifications. That's the problem. No, no, this is a pre combined contraceptive pill era. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I all like to think like, imagine if he knew that it was it, the rumor about Mary was true. Oh yeah, because faint. Yeah, he knows he knows the rumor is a thing, but like he doesn't know that it's real. Mm. <laughs> he knows it's a rumor. Yeah. Mm. Cora decides to invite Major Bryant to dinner and to have Robert bully him into fatherhood. (laughs) Go get him, Tiger. (laughs) Jane serves Robert's dessert as Carson has to deal with a late wine delivery. Was it dessert? I was trying to figure out what the fuck it was because I thought it was lunch. And it looked like it was fruit. Yeah, I think it's like you have like a full course lunch as well in this house. Oh, that's so much time. (laughs) Like, I like I think, what, um, I think what Mrs. Hughes said was when he was like, oh, I'm going to have to take the wine delivery. And it's like, serve the main course and then get Jane to finish up. I'm sure he won't mind. So, like, she came in with the dessert, I think, because Carson had done the main course. Yeah, which I guess that um, having a nice, um, you know, a, a nice piece of fruit or something after your lunch, that sounds quite nice, actually. That's true. <laughs> I think I it was think- like a like a eaten mess or something. Like it looked like I had meringue and cream, oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and like a um, berries or something. So, oh, the, there's a lot of shots of uh, Robert and what's her name, Jane, Jane, sort of looking at each other in this show. Yeah, and I'm like, prediction time. Mm. They're going to bang or they're going to get very close to banging. Okay. <laughs> Especially because he's being spawned by Cora quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, he's he's not getting what he wants out of his marriage at the moment. Yeah. And there's an attractive, um, like, not not super young, so it's not that weird. <laughs> but, no. like, you know, she's young and vibrant and she really cares about her son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the son, Robert asks after Jane's son, who is going for a scholarship, and Robert offers to put in a word for him, which gratefully accepts. Yeah, he's sliding in. <laughs> he's getting ready. Sliding into our downtons. Down, sliding into our downtons. <laughs> Jesus. Stroll and roll. Stroll and roll. They haven't walked together yet, guys. You're, you're preempting here. The patriarchy continues its guest-starring role as Mrs. Hughes brings more boys-will-be-boys rhetoric to the table. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's a good episode for the patriarchy. Mm, Yes, it is. Glad to see it getting a Guernsey after so long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, haven't heard of that in a while. (laughs) It's been downplayed dramatically. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There is a call for Mr. Bates because his lawyer needs to speak with him. Vera has told the judge that Bates paid her for the divorce. Ugh, Vera. Which basically means that it's all fucking over. Yeah. Dash to London. 
The, the mysterious burned stranger, Pat, Patrick Gordon, tells Edith that he was, in fact, Patrick Crawley. <gasps> what? I do oh remember who that was. To be fair, it has been a while. He, was yeah. like, he hasn't been mentioned for, like... And then I was like, oh, no, the main guy, the whole reason the whole show started, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been at least ten episodes since anyone mentioned Patrick, so... Yeah. okay. I'd say more like 15 like, they didn't yeah. mention him at all since, like, the first half of the first. Oh, no, maybe, yeah. No, we're only up to episode six, aren't we? Mm. Okay. So they did mention him in, like, the second or third episode. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had amnesia after the Titanic. But Con- after the explosion, he remembered everything. Convenient. <laughs> I, I call bullshit. I smell some <laughs> bullshit here. I, th- I think we are all definitely on team. This guy's a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I on team the first time I watched this, I was like, nah, there's something really weird about this guy. Like, why does he have, after his memories have come back, why does he still have a Canadian accent? Like, I don't know. I'm just that Edith going like, don't get sucked in. Don't you get sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> And, for it. and instead Edith, Edith is there like, oh, yes, you're definitely the guy that I was in love with who tragically died in a boat. <laughs> tragically died in a boat. Oh, I feel like I, I feel like she's just so thirsty for attention that she will literally take it from a con artist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's been. She's, like, she's a perfect mark is the thing. <laughs> He's definitely picked his audience well. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, I think he was having having a look because he was looking at the family photo. I think okay, this is the least attractive sister. Like she's a lovely, she is lovely, but like she, as far as like the way that the show goes, like she is definitely considered the least attractive sister. Mm. She's the one that I can do that I can get in with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then. Happened to come into come into and the she's room. Out, she's working in the hospice. <laughs> Edith says that she will speak to Robert about you know the whole idea that this is actually you know their Patrick, and Patrick goes in for the kill, <laughs> and basically because he's picked up. Oh, she was in love with this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and she and so he says that he was in love with her too. Oh. <laughs> Oh, like it's it, it's yeah, almost cringeworthy. Like the, the way that he says it as well, it's like he's not like truthfully like admitting that he was in love with her. He's just acknowledging that he knew that she was in love with him, and yeah. that and that like affected him, and he like put on the tears. But hmm. yeah, it's very very lucky for him that his tear ducts still work. Mm. Yeah. He's very badly burnt. <laughs> Mary tells Matthew about the house. Matthew tells her that the fact that she is on her way to be married keeps him basically going. <laughs> the fact that the fact that they are very much in love is a third character in this scene. <laughs> and the fourth character is the constantly moving uh, camera. Yes. This is the return of the director that likes on uh, shot reverse shots to do that slow pan across a across the thing which is even more funny at 1.5 speed. 
<laughs> I'm glad because I didn't pick up on that until you mentioned it. But now that I think back to that scene, I'm like, oh, yeah. But it was less noticeable at one time. <laughs> yeah, more apparent at 1.5 speed. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get whiplash. <laughs> I did have to go lie down afterwards. <laughs> Bit of motion sickness. Yeah. But, yes, that, that third character is visible both to them and to Sir Richard and Cora who are watching through the window. In a, and, like, the contrast here is they're outside, so it's natural light, and then they cut inside and there's, like, shadows everywhere. <laughs> like, these are the evil two. Scheming is about to occur. Scheming about their love. <laughs> so Richard tells Cora that if she wants grandchildren, she might want to invite Lavinia to tea. And she's like, shit, I do. <laughs> yeah. I think, so cool. I think that, you know, like, as, like, yes, Cora wants Mary to end up with Sir Richard so that, like, she can have grandbabies and everything, but she has to acknowledge that her daughter is in love with Matthew. Number yeah. one. And number two, she has to, like, really think about it because bringing Lavinia back basically is going to imprison her in a life where she's caring for someone that she, like she never planned on her life being like caring for an invalid. So ultimately like she was given an out and bringing her back is just bringing her back into the fold. Like Matthew, I don't think wanted her to be part of that. So Bringing her back is like a cruel blow. Mm. Yeah, Matthew has made a decision regarding his him being like, no, I'm going to be alone forever. I will not put anyone through my life. Having to care for him is is very much. He takes after his fucking mum. It's just too bloody gallant. The, the crawly martyrs are out in force. <laughs> um, Dying on hills all over the place. <laughs> so, yeah, he's made this decision. Lavinia wasn't really into that decision at all because she was already halfway down the aisle, already ready to do the whole sickness and in health thing. And bringing her back when they are both very much in love with each other is like, we know what we're doing here. Yeah. Sybil asks Branson if he will wait a few weeks before she runs away with him. We're going to run away together. Just give it a little minute. But after Christmas. (laughs) I want to see when I get my presents. (laughs) I've asked for a running away dress. I can do it on myself. Yeah. Miss O'Brien and Thomas discuss Thomas's new venture, which Miss O'Brien is like, you're going to fucking get scammed, mate. <laughs> Lots of scams in this episode. <laughs> so you're not smart enough to run in this, run with these guys. Robert tries on his new dinner jacket. Edith comes to tell him about Patrick. And Mary asks Carson to come with her to Haxby. Aww. <laughs> I feel like Carson is 100% torn in this scene. He's like, but Downton's my life, but I love Lloydie Mary. Like, I can't leave her to fend for herself in her married life. 
with so this commoner. With this commoner. <laughs> he's not going to know the proper, proper protocols. <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like Carson is probably like Lady Mary does not deserve him like a hundred percent because he is just like, has this undying loyalty for her Mm. and it's going to be his undoing one day. I swear. Robert visits with Patrick much more wary than Edith. (laughs) Yeah. This man is all skepticism. This is the good time. Every other time he's like poo-pooed ideas and been skeptical for like, just because he's the, because he's the head of the house. This is like, this is the one time where it's like, yes, we need all of this skepticism yes. right now. <laughs> Patrick makes a gesture that Robert recognizes. When Robert keeps distance though, Patrick becomes very upset. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess. This is where he gets the little, like, I wrote everything down. Yeah. Check it with people and, like, yeah, cool, all right. And the whole thing during my head was, like, T- DNA test him, but it's, like, this is 1918 and you can't, <laughs> they can't do that yet. And they, they even do say that um, he was never fingerprinted before or something Convenient. like that. Convenient. <laughs> and he was, like, on the Titanic as well. So, like, today if you enter America, you have to get fingerprinted. Mm. You're mandatory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hectic. So, um, the US government has my fingerprints. That's alarming considering more recent developments in the world. But you're white, so you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm white, but I'm small and gay. <laughs> eh, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Violet dangles causes in front of Isabel and refugees strike a chord. This is <laughs> must. This is like you could just live in this posh house or actually go do a real job, which I'm sure you'd much rather go do the real job. She's like, yeah, I would. And it's like, mm-hmm, you would. Yeah, just, they're like widows, orphans, women being forced out of work in order to um, leave jobs for the men again. Refugees. Ah, yes, refugees. Okay, well, we can work with this. It's like, cool, I had two left. Let's land on refugees. <laughs> yeah. Robert tells Mary that there's nothing more there's nothing more ill-bred than stealing other people's servants. And Mary's like, but you're not other people. <laughs> Which is like sweet. She's like, <laughs> it's like, you're not other people, you're my dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can steal whatever I like from you. <laughs> Love you, Daddy. <laughs> yeah. It was a very sweet scene. Mm-hmm. Robert gathers everyone to discuss the Patrick Gordon situation. I call it a debacle. Hmm. I, a that's debacle. a strong word. But I think it's I think Patrick, it's a Patrick Gordon debacle. <laughs> what kind of band would that be? Uh, indie, probably. Yeah, oh, some kind of. You know what? I, I'm like, feeling like a folky. Like you know, like kind of like the Fisherman's Friends guys. Like you know, like Peter Gordon debacle. Like I'm feeling like Barnacle. I don't know. I'm feeling nautical. <laughs> they'd, they'd have like a drummer, a guitarist, a bassist, and then some weird God knows instrument like a lyre or a or a harp, and that's why they're the or debacle. A or something. Uh, and they sing in harmony. Yes. <laughs> yes, but must slightly off harmony. harmony. <laughs> Two of them went to yeah. music school. The other two did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Most are surprised. Mary is angry and points out that he's cold reasoning the fuck out of Edith. Mary is like all of us. She, yeah. She's like, no, he's a fucking moron. It's like, but this is happens like, no. Like any any fortune teller at a at a carnival will te- will be able to come up with all sorts of things that they shouldn't know. It's all very easy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did you push back at all? Plus, like, he, I mean, he's not even hot. He's not even cold reading. He's hot reading because he did know the actual. <laughs> He's not even hot. So. <laughs> Man's not hot. And so why would you even give in to the con? He's not even hot. Um, I don't know if, anyone, if you guys know hot reading versus cold reading, but the, yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. For those for those listening, um, cold reading is where you pretty much pick up from body language, like you throw something out there, you like a piece of information and you see if people are going for it and if they're going for it or if they're not going for it you find something else if you're if they're going for it double down yeah you really double down and people only really notice the things that you got hot reading is when you already have information that and the marks is giving you shit for free yes and so that makes your job (laughs) horrifically easier yeah I feel like she definitely was like, oh, yes, we used to play together over there. Do you remember? And it's like, Mm. no, you shouldn't be giving him this information because he's just going to run with this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Edith. (laughs) That's Edith. (laughs) (laughs) She's duped too easily. Poor Edith. Matthew bitterly lists... Patrick Gordon's virtues, all of the things that he is capable of that Matthew is not. Now, sorry, you go on. And then asked Sybil to wheel him back to his room. Yeah, now that I imagine at one time speed, built very gradually, at one and a half, he just gets very angry very quickly and then asks to, to it's basically he has a tantrum. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Wheel me out. Uh, like, even at like, normal speed it was still like it was still definitely a tantrum like you could see it brewing on his face during the discussion but at the same time he was like yes but he can walk and bear children now well me out (laughs) (laughs) i've had enough leave me (laughs) cora has learned that major bryant has been killed she asked Hughes to tell ethel it's all rather convenient (laughs) Edith is full on letting Patrick Gordon read her now. <laughs> like she's just feeding him information. <laughs> is this the one where he tips the table over? No, no. This is when they're out in the out in the garden, and okay. um, like the, he sees the very obvious thing that kids would want to play with, and she straight up tells him that they would play there. Yeah, and then asked asked her if, um, if they if. if they had a governess that they didn't like. He basically asks it and she's, she feeds him Fräulein Kelda and he just does repeats it in a German accent. She's like, yes. And she's so on board. Dear, dear. It's not doing herself any favours. She's not. No. He then asks if they can talk after things are settled. So in a very much way is that it's like if if the family accepts me, we will get married. Yeah, we're in. You're in. (laughs) Oh, dear. Bates laments that Vera is not yet the the former or late Mrs. Bates. (laughs) Ooh. 
Dem's fighting words. Ethel holds her son and sobs, losing all hope for her future. Yeah, this is like the all is lost moment of this episode. Yes, it really is. The war has been declared over and the servants celebrate raucously. Which, and, and then from that moment all the way back up again. Yeah, yeah, it's all very like we had the Nadir and then we're on the way up. I do like that they use the mechanic of him coming down to the servants to tell them. Yes. Instead of like... This could have been a whole, like, him getting the call and telling everyone and then coming down. It's mm. much nicer that it's like, I had to break protocol because it's such good news. Yeah. Yeah. Isabel has decided to go work with the refugees. She asks if Cora will be able to keep the house open without her, but she apologetically declines. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, no. Well, you go do that good work and... We'll just be here in my clean house. Violet tries to get Molesley in on the thing again, and he's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Happy upkeeping when no one's here. <laughs> the servants try to convince Daisy that she did William a kindness, but she can't see it that way. And, like, this is one of those things where it's, like, really, when he said that there's no lies in his house, she really took it to heart. Like, the idea of deceiving him. Which is a really, like, it's really nice. Yeah. Like, this, like, and only really on this watch did I really make the connection between William's really big being big on honesty and And why she ended up being like this. And that's why she's so cut up about it. Yeah. Yeah, she lied to him even in, like, his most desperate moments and gave him, like, that bit of comfort, but she definitely feels a level of guilt letting him, you know, pass away without him knowing the truth about her feelings, which is Mm. horrific and something that no teenage girl should have to deal with. No. It's a a level of guilt that's meant for middle-aged people, not for for teenagers. Mm. It's, It's a whole lot. Daisy knocks into Mr. Bates as she flees the hall. He has arrived early back from London and he has a cut next to his eye. Things have happened. Mm-hmm. He tells Anna that it was worse than she could possibly imagine. So some shit's was, definitely gone down. <laughs> I was thinking we'd get a debrief, but we the episode ends and we don't. Mm. So um, interesting. So a prediction would be next episode that we hear the fallout of this because obviously there's a lot happening this episode so there's probably not time for it but yeah. i imagine we do hear the fallout of this robert relays the conflicting reports that murray dug up including one of a former colleague of patrick crawley in america named peter gordon ah. mary and matthew are both <laughs> are both different kinds of mad she's <laughs> like well that proves it fuck this shit get him out <laughs> Oh, actually, yeah. oh, it's Ma- like, don't just, believe him. Yeah, Mary's just basically like, all right, so he's a fake, let's go. And Matthew's like, well, you know, I, I'm still I'm still in, in, a, in this state and I'm very upset. Everything is bad. <laughs> My life is ruined and everything is terrible. <laughs> Robert asks Edith to be polite but nothing more. She, of course, ignores this. Yeah. And she tells him everything that Robert learned. <laughs> And this is the point where he knocks over the table. This is where he knocks over the table. Yeah. Which is funnier in 1.5. He's like, do a little bit. And then he's like. It's like when Thor knocks over the table in, um, like, the first Thor movie. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like, I've been grounded. <laughs> this is like the long con I got you, but no one else. And it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> you were, you were, you were, you know, like walking up, like, ugh, what am I trying to say? He You're was walking up a mountain to try and do that. No, nah, he was like fighting an uphill battle trying to get people there to see him. I was yeah. trying to get that out, and I'm like, walking up a hill? No, that's not right. Why are these rich people so hard to manipulate? It's like mm. they're guarded about their wealth or something. <laughs> Carson has decided to go with Mary. Sir Richard arrives with Lavinia late for dinner. Matthew looks annoyed. That was interesting because there was that. It was a couple of episodes ago where there was him threatening Lavinia. Yeah. With like yeah. a, like, I know shit kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So the, they, the fact that they came in together struck me as interesting, but I imagine it's all Cora's work. Yeah. But whether or yeah. not, we just be I'm reading too much into it. Like Cora whether he. Or Richard's scheming. Yeah, like whether he read her the riot act as well. Well, I wonder because, like, the reason that he had that whole thing on her was that she told on her uncle. Yes. Who was the politician. So, like, they just know each other. So that would be like a. Okay, so maybe I'm reading too far into it, but I, think, I, I, I think thought it was interesting. It, it could be something that he. he got nefarious again but like he probably just you know got in contact as people do in london and was like hey do you still love matthew crawley and she's like yeah i still love matthew crawley he's like i'm heading i'm going to be driving my own car to to downton abbey would you like to come with me there's a car outside come down (laughs) (laughs) lavinia refuses to be sent away again when they talk in private though yeah so it'll be interesting to see how the battle of depressed emo boy and very determined wife to be yes. go in the next episode. Mm. <laughs> a a an emo and a determined ginger. <laughs> yeah, it was all this time. Mary is in the middle of telling Sir Richard off for being underhanded when he shoves her against a wall and tells her how it's going to be. <laughs> this is. Um, this is like, oh, he's a dick. Yeah, like when you <laughs> he's a dick. Yeah, I feel like we sort of knew it was coming when he tried to manhandle Lavinia, but at the same mm. time, like the the fera- like veracity that he actually threw her against the wall and like pinned her up. I was like, ooh, I forgot how bad that was. Like, yeah. It's like- he definitely was trying to threaten her. <laughs> I always remember him being sketchy. I never remember him being this sketchy. <laughs> yeah. He will not be thrown over, and if she humiliates him, she gave him the power to destroy her. He then gives her a big smooch, and I'm uncomfortable. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't cross me, but I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will destroy everything that you are. Mm-mm. Love you. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly what that was. Hmm. Ugh. Gordon is gone. Oh no. Um, I was holding out so much hope. <laughs> no. Wait, please come back. <laughs> please come back. Don't go. 
He left Edith a note that it was too difficult and signed it P. Gordon. Sybil asked if it was Peter or Patrick. Aha, uh-huh. Sybil, you, you rascal. <laughs> so like, the dust has barely settled and you're kicking it in her face. I'm going to say this out loud just to really rub it in for you. Yeah, but she's a nice sister. She probably was doing it like out of common curiosity, just like, yeah. you mean Peter or Patrick, and Edith's like, fucking shut up, Sybil. <laughs> maybe maybe Sybil just doesn't have an internal monologue. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like she, she has to say has it out loud. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Says the quiet mm. part loud. Yeah. <laughs> Robert makes a speech to the gathered house assembled for the stroke of 11 a.m. on November 11th. As Bates wheels Matthew away, Matthew feels something. He doesn't want to say it until he feels it again. Ooh. Could be back on the stroll and roll. <laughs> that already had like a feeling in his waters, like something terrible has happened. Like when, like when um, like in poltergeist. I was thinking more when um, he and William got blown up and we had Mary drop her. Oh yeah, and... the telekinesis. Yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Robert and Carson discuss their separating futures. Edith cries over the note from her con man while sitting where they last talked. (laughs) Yes. Bates receives a letter notifying him that Vera has died and we close on her lifeless form. Shit, that came out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just, just a dead body at the end of an episode and cutting to the credits is what you want, the level of suspense you really want from a Downton episode. And she's a bitch too, so we've got to see how this happened. <laughs> it's a shame that we can't record again this weekend because <laughs> you've got to wait to watch the episode. I do, but which will make it even better. I'll have to watch the last five minutes just to catch the yeah. catch the wave in. <laughs> catch the so, wave in. Like, it was quite an up and down Yes, it was. A lot happened. Bishan's predictions. We've got, um, uh, is it um, the servant and Jane. Jane? Thank you. And uh, Robert are going to bang, or they're going to get very close to banging. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see more Violet and Cora scheming. That's quite fun. Yeah, that's nice so when they that's, do that. I'm not going to call that a prediction. That's just a, please put more in. <laughs> more like this, please. Yeah, more like this, please. <laughs> um, and I want to see what happens with Richard and Mary, whether he really turns the dick up now. That's an, that's an image. <laughs> Turns the really? dick up. Turns the dick up. Turn for dick. Um, or he just, he just becomes more of an asshole. Okay, yep. <laughs> Is that the one you were going for? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, was it a vine where it's like um, left for cold, right for, right for hot, up for what? Yeah. <laughs> or down, it was down. Down, yeah, down for what? And he turns it and then there's like strobe lights everywhere. <laughs> oh, I miss fine. I still cannot find my favourite one. I do not know the name of who made it. 
but I cannot find it anywhere. Oh, there's okay. One of, there's one guy, it's just a, a shot of him, like just a face to camera, and he goes, um, you've often heard the expression, shit or get off the pot, but what if there is a third option? Hi, welcome to a really weird seminar. <laughs> And it's only oh. one. Never in anything else. I'm like, I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our episode. That was definitely like – I think that one's definitely one of the best ones of the season, I think, that, that yes. episode. Yes, and we'll have to see the fallout of all that has happened. Yes. <laughs> mm, there's a lot to go on with that because you've got – You've got Sybil basically agreeing to run away once mm. the war's ended. So now the war is ended, that could be next episode. And Ooh. then you've got like you've got Bates in a in a bit of a pickle and his wife like he he went to London to see his his uh wife about a divorce. He came he back returned with a cut face and now she's yeah, dead. With a cut face and now she's dead. So there's that. And then there's also like I guess the the whole Matthew was like feeling something, but he's not sure. So you know, like there's a lot of shit going on. It's a it's a it's a big episode. Next episode, I reckon. It's going to set up for a humdinger of a last two episodes. Yes, the finale. Yes, um, we've got penultimate episode for the season, and then we got the finale, and then we've got Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Just in time for Christmas. Hopefully, well, if we get through. It'll be Christmas for us. It's like well after Christmas for the listeners because oh, we record yeah. in advance. There you go. All the joy yeah. of Christmas in, I'm going to say, February. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, July, January, maybe. We roughly post episodes about two months after we record them because of the way that it shook out with. Um, the episode went before Casey got married was posted the day before Bishan's wedding. Okay. <laughs> ah, yes. And you guys got married basically exactly two two months apart. Pretty much. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's good to know that we mark the uh, mark the episodes by our marriages. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the season that was the season one finale as well. So it was oh, really nice really nicely circle. put together. All right. Well, that was our episode, and we will talk to you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Downton Down Under is a Bronze Peak Media production and is recorded in Adelaide, South Australia, and in Perth, Western Australia. Our music was written and performed by Bethany Jones. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. For more from Bronze Pig Media, find us on Twitter at Bronze Pig Media. If you have something to say, email us at bronzepigmedia at gmail.com. Additional contact information can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Sorry, I, I, I did line up a recording after this. Oh, you, you fool. Yes, I did. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> Bronze Pig Media. Oink. <laughs>